the last one in our little series on Psalm 23, starting fresh, and today, the God who follows you. Uh, Francis Thompson wrote a poem called The Hound of Heaven. I actually did a whole sermon one day uh, where we put that through. Um, it, it's, it's his life story that he tells through the poem, and when you go read it, it's, it's really deep and sometimes a little difficult to read, but in short, it comes down to this. He, he tells the story about this, this rabbit who was running around in the field. And then there was this dog. And every time the dog saw the rabbit, he came running at the rabbit. The rabbit sees the dog and he says, I'm out of here. And he runs as fast as it can. And when it finds a rabbit hole, it ducks in the rabbit hole. And it stays down there until the dog is gone. Then it will stick out its head. When the dog sees the rabbit, the dog's after the rabbit again. One day, the rabbit found itself in an open field and the dog came running at the rabbit and there was no rabbit hole and the rabbit was going and the dog was going and the rabbit and at some stage the rabbit got so tired it just fell down lie on its back and waited for the dog to pounce and just eat it dog caught up to the rabbit came fell down next to the rabbit panting saying i'm so glad you stopped at last all I want to do is to be your friend. How sad. It's called the hound of heaven, so you know who the hound was. You know who the rabbit was. How sad that so many of us do that too. Run. And then so often, we fail to recognize God. And we even sometimes doubt his presence. So the question we're going to try and answer today is this. What does God do with our doubts, our insecurities about him? We sang about it the whole morning. David says it so beautifully. He says, God follows us, pursues us until we recognize him for who he really is. And I see him as my father. The one who says, listen, I want to take care of you. I want to be there with you. Can I use Francis Thompson's words? I want to be your friend. Until I see him as my Lord Jesus who died for me on that cross and who says, you're forgiven. You don't have to walk around with that mentality of a slave. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Until I recognize him as this amazing Holy Spirit of God who wants to run with me, who wants to live in me, who wants to be with me. And here's the cool thing. God will keep on running and pursuing even if it takes all the days of my life. Listen to how David says this, and we're going to go to verse 6. But let me catch the story from verse 1. Remember where we started, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and because he's my shepherd, I don't need a thing. I'm taken care of in every way. If I need, he takes me, and he used the sheep image to a green pasture, to this place where I can be taken care of, where I'm okay, where I'm safe. Or he takes me to those quiet waters where I can be refreshed and get ready for the road ahead. And then he says, let's go live life 
and he leads me on life's paths. Last week we said, sometimes these paths are not so easy. And even though I go through the deepest, darkest, scariest valley, I will not be afraid. Because the Lord's there to protect me and to guide me. When we've done the paths and we come to the other side of the dark valley, it's not another dark valley waiting. It's actually a table and a feast. And there God puts me and he says, you have a feast. And he overflows my cup, reminding me he gives in so much abundance. And then the most beautiful, beautiful thing happens. He anoints my head with oil like a good shepherd does with his sheep. Because he knows sheep have little bugs that go in their ears and noses that drive them nuts. And when you pour the oil over their head, these bugs go away. And God pours the oil over my head and says the psalm. And then my enemies stand there and they have to look on. They have no chance. Because I have been blessed with his oil. And when, when I've done this walk with God, and I think it's over and done, he reminds me of this. Surely the goodness and the mercy, some translations say the love of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. And I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a promise. What a promise for those like me who struggle, who doubt sometimes, who are insecure in their faith, in their faith walk, in their following of Christ. To hear the Lord say, my goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. There's four promises in this verse. Can I walk through them with you one by one? Did you notice how David starts this verse? He says, surely the goodness and the mercy of the Lord will follow me. Surely. It's an interesting word in Hebrew. It's a shout that he shouts out. Because here's the thing. David believes in a sure God who makes sure promises that's built on a sure foundation. A God who says, I am who I am. I will be who I need to be. I will take care of you in every way that you need to be taken care of. A God who makes promises, who says, I know you, I love you, I've called you by your name and you are mine. A Lord who builds that on the rock foundation of not just Jesus Christ, his son, but on this amazing word of God that is God-breathed to teach us and to guide us and to be there for us and to know that the God we serve is a sure God because here's the difference. We shift our moods like this. God does not shift his moods. We change our minds like anything. God does not change his mind. We often falter in our devotion towards God. God never falters in his devotion towards us. He is a sure God who takes care of me. There's our first amazing promise. Remember that when you struggle. Might be me, but him, he's solid, never changes. Second promise that comes from this, surely 
the goodness and the mercy of the Lord will follow me. Uh, someone wrote and said, if God is the shepherd, goodness and mercy are the two shepherd dogs that are at the back of the flock, taking care of them and keeping them together. But they go together. It's not the goodness without the mercy, because here's the thing. All of us are still recovering sinners, and we need God's mercy and God's grace every day of our lives. But it's also not mercy alone, because we're also frail and fragile, and, and we need that gentle, loving kindness, like that of a mother when a little baby cries, just holding and comforting, and you know, I'm okay. I'm going to be taken care of. The goodness to provide and the mercy to pardon. I need them both in my life. Third promise. Surely the goodness and the mercy of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. I wonder if we remember that, if we hear that, because we know the psalm so well. How many of us grew up with the psalm and can say it off by heart? All the days of my life. Not the good days. Not when I'm okay. Not when I've done well. Not when I feel this has been an amazing week and God's going to be with me. All the days of my life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He's there. And sometimes we look at the days of our lives, and now I'm not talking about a silly thing on TV. I'm talking about life. When we look at all the days of our lives, it sometimes looks a little tough. That mother who sits home with that young toddler every day, and that's her life. Hey, mama, you're not alone. He's there. He gets it. But sometimes it's a little tough. Working that dead-end job with that silly CEO that's giving you a hard time, you're not alone. He's in all those days, too. In those days when I'm lonely and I feel that there's nothing around me, he's there and his hand is there. Maybe there's someone that needs to hear that this morning. Maybe that's where you are. Will you please hear that? His goodness, his mercy, all the days of your life. In those tough moments, when it just feels like it's just too much. The goodness that provides, and the mercy that is there to hold me. There's one more promise. In this verse, surely the goodness and the mercy of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. It's such a cool image because what's the image that most of us have of God when we think of God? Just think for a moment. What do you think of God? Sits on a throne like a king and he rules the world. See David's image. God's not sitting on any throne. God's walking around following me wherever I go, but just before you go there, not because he wants to judge you, not because he wants to catch you on something you're doing wrong, not because he wants to tell you, ah, you failed again, 
quite the opposite. He's following you so that he can be there for you in every moment of your life. Also in those moments when it feels like, oh boy, I missed the mark. You want some examples? Let me give you a few of these amazing examples. Genesis, Adam and Eve mess up really, really badly. They run away, they hide from God. What does God do? God follows them into the garden. Does he point fingers? Actually, he clothes them. Jonah runs away from God, hides in a boat, jumps in the, in the ocean to get away from God. God follows him right down into the fish. A Samaritan woman is lost, sits at a well, abused by men, rejected by people. Jesus says, let's take the shortcut through Samaria, which you usually don't do. There's someone that I need to go find. Follows this woman to a well and changes her life completely. Disciples are stuck in a storm and lost. And Jesus follows them right into that storm and calms the storm. Peter. Peter denies the Lord. Walks away from what he was called to do and he starts fishing again. What does God do? Follows him. Peter's fishing. Jesus makes a fire on the beach. Puts some fish on there. He says, come have some breakfast, Peter. Need to have a word with you. Do you love me? Because I'm going to follow you, Peter. Because I need you. When he follows, it's because he loves. Not because he wants to judge. He did that on a hill on Calvary. And sometimes I know, and Alexander wrote this one down. It was the first one for my funeral. Psalm 139. Because 139 is so us in that moment. You know how Psalm 139 goes, right? Lord, you see me. You look right through me. Whether I sit or whether I stand, you know that. There's not a word on my mouth or you know what it is going to be. Where can I go to run away from you? Because if I go to the east, you are there. If I go to the west, you are there. Actually, I should switch those two around. To the west, you are there. Whether I go down into the depths of the earth, you are there. Or go to the heavens, you are there. I can't get away from you. And then he turns that all around at the end of the psalm. And he says, but I'm not going to run anymore, Lord. What I want you to do is because that's why you follow me. Teach me. Oh, Lord, then search my heart. Search my heart and see if there's a waywardness in there. And then change that and teach me to walk in your ways. God follows us because he cares so much. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe just in the kind word of a stranger. Or the silly question of a little child that made you smile. Or maybe, maybe in your spouse, your husband, your wife, being faithful to you and loving you and caring for you. Maybe just a touch of someone that walked past you and said, how are you? Just touched your shoulder. 
That's how God follows us. And if you've experienced that, can I ask you today, will you take those doubts and those insecurities? Just give it to him. I'm not making light of that, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard sometimes. We want to do the rabbit thing. We want to go. But maybe do the rabbit thing lying down and let him catch up. Try three little things. No, it's not another sermon. It's just three points. When these moments come and it's hard, trust your faith and not your feelings. Because feelings just react. See yourself through God's eyes and not your own. And when you look, don't look at the small picture. Look at God's big picture. Don't get tunnel vision. Let them catch you. Because God is the God of new beginnings. It gives us a fresh start. That's why he comes after us. Let me end with that last line. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is so cool when you think of that. So I'm running and he catches up to me and he says, I want to be your friend. And he's my friend. And we live and we laugh and we cry and we struggle together. But here's what I know. I'm going to be with that God of mine forever. I'm not going to be like that with him for one day, for two days, for 60 years, for 80 years. Forever. And that cool image of the house of the Lord is this beautiful image of my mom and dad's house. You know how that works, right? It's a place where I'm known, where I'm loved, where I'm cared for, where you can make so much noise in the morning when I'm trying to get the sermon in my head and I can't hear myself think. That kind of a place. Where if you want a cookie and it's the last one in the cookie jar, you can go take it and it's okay because it's mom and dad's house. When you feel like a glass of milk, you can go to the fridge and pour the glass and drink it because it's mom and dad's house. That's where I am forever. The goodness and the mercy of the Lord follow me all the days of my life. And then when I say goodbye to this place, it just continues. For I will be with my father for all. Ever in that place where I'm loved and the rabbit doesn't have to run. Amen. Take a few moments of silent prayer. We sang the chorus, Lord, of Psalm 23, and I will trust, I will trust in you because your goodness and your mercy they were always there and they follow me. Will you remind us of that, Lord? Will you help us not to run? And if we run, that we run with you and laugh with you and smile with you and cry with you because you are there and you want to be there to provide, to pardon, to care. Thank you for walking us through this psalm that we know so well. 
reminding us that we can start fresh because you are the God who follows us. We love you, Lord. As we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.